It's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Supercatch Professionals Roundtable Podcast. I am Paulie G. With us as always is Ryan MS. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. And Peter Hanscom with us again this week. How are you, Pete? Yeah, going really well. Um, yeah, it's, it was an interesting uh, week of footy coming up with Origin 3 tomorrow night. Yeah, it is. We're going to be talking um, Origin from a fan sports perspective. Not too long into this show, but first we've got to go. Uh, well, we've got to let you know. No, Andrew Muldock, Mullinaroli, of course, still on hiatus. Should be back with us uh, next week, we believe. Um, but Pat Lyons is someone who is with us from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. How are you this week, Pat? Yes, good, mate. How are you going? Good, good. Uh, well rested from a, a week uh, down in uh, Canberra and back and ready to go. Origin tomorrow and then we've got the run home, super coach wise So it should, uh, should be good. Looking forward to it. The um, interesting this week in regards to some big time injuries and also a tweet that we normally do at the end of the show, of course, we're going to be doing uh, one of them now because it's um, for yourself as well as all of, all of us. And that's in regards to a couple of the players um, that were injured during the week or playing with injuries. Semi Radrajra, oh, this is from Dale the Ninja. Question for Pat and you guys. Semi Radrajra, a chance for an early return? Question mark. Or is he a trade out? Is Tom Trebovich a must now? He's playing fullback. Is his ankle a risk? We'll start with Radrajra, the injury from Friday night, saying that he's out for up six weeks with a knee injury. Um, apparently, it's a grade two medial. Um, so. You know, what's your judge on that? Brad Arthur, the coach, is saying anywhere from four to six. Um, twenty round twenty three seems to be where he's likely to to come back. But for those owners with only a few trades left, and and sort of looking ahead to the Super Coach Finals starting in round twenty three, um, what do you make of the injury and and what chance of him sort of getting back and fully fit by then? Uh, I think if you're looking at grade two medial ligament. Um I wouldn't think he'd be back for four four weeks. That would be the minimum, I'd say. And it'd have to be pretty um, smooth rehab and uh, everything really lining up well for him to make four weeks even. So um, real, realistically, even if everything goes well um, and we don't even know if he'd be at 100% fitness taking the field, that round 23 is, is probably you know, the absolute earliest, but then that's that's very optimistic. Yeah, I would say so. It's um, it's a tough one to come back from. Every time you sidestep, you'd be stressing that ligament out and um, it'd be really hard for him to move with the confidence he normally moves with uh, inside inside of six weeks, really, four weeks at best. It's interesting because obviously the um, you know he's a power winger, so at least he's not moving as side to side as, as many of the other wingers in the competition, but still... I guess the big concern, you know, as you say, like having that movement, and also his cost is quite high. He's due to take a, a decrease in his um, price for the next game because he only got three points this weekend. So I just wonder if you're better off making that move now or maybe if you need to wait one more week just to figure out, get all your ducks in a row, but but just moving on. And I don't know where Parramatta's even going to be, Dale, at, at round 23. I mean, if they're finished... Um, I don't know if Brad Raja plays again this year. So there's so many variables and, you know, that it's going to take a lot to line up. Maybe if they win every game when we could forecast, you know, their, their draw. Um, they've got, you know, teams like the Panthers this week, the Titans, the Tigers, the Seagulls. It is a pretty soft draw. They could win all four of those games and then maybe they're rushing him back for the Broncos in round 23. But, yeah, maybe you're waiting this week, just to see how they go against the Panthers and um, making your mind up then, because if they're gone, I don't know if he, I don't see the point in him, in him coming back at all this year. Um, Pat, what about the other guy, Tom Traborovic? I know we talked about him a couple of weeks back. We don't really have any more information. I mean, he looked all right the week before last, 
Um, although coach Trent Barrett had admitted he was playing on one leg and would need ankle surgery at season's end. We now heard Brett Stewart has got to go in for knee surgery, so he's out for the season. Um, Tom Trevorovich will take that coveted fullback role. Supercoach-wise, a lot more upside for points at fullback and a lot higher floor. Um, so Trevorovich, who looked really good against the Dragons the Monday, um, was it eight days ago now? Um, how, what can we make of it? I guess it's not, it's not a lot of info that we can sort of ask you about it, but again... Um, at the moment, you know, we saw the last game out. It seemed to seemed to be moving out all right. Um, what can we make of it, knowing that surgery is booked in for the end of the year? Yeah, I guess it's hard to say. I mean, you can have people seem to be able to get around on dodgy ankles, not too bad in footy. And so you can have um, you can have a ligament that's injured, and then it's it's calmed down enough for it to be relatively functional. Strap it up and sort of get on with the game. Um, so he could be in that category, but he's obviously, I mean, it's sort of like describing him as playing with a bit of pain too, so, um, it's hard to say, mate, he might be out there sort of able to play, but really not, maybe at 100%, um, but it's, uh, it's a bit tricky to say with the, with the information we've got. Yeah, we don't have a lot of information, so I know you're kind of stabbing needles in haystacks, but if, if we look at that pain thing, because a couple of weeks ago we saw him obviously hobbled by it. But could that be a case of getting getting a knock on it and just having to play through the pain? And other weeks, like last week, you know, been able to, to to be relatively pain free and therefore able to move freer, even though the injury is the same. Yeah, I think well, it's, yeah, it's quite it's sort of reasonable to suggest that you could have a um, the injury is fairly static in terms of it not getting damaged anymore, but you yeah. have this sort of variable irritation, so a knock or just a certain step and a twist annoys it for a, on the day or for a few days and then the next week it might not be so bad so it could be a bit of variability to just the, how symptomatic it is um, and obviously at the end of the season they try and patch it up and Dale the, the Eagles now really mathematically still in the hunt for the eight but that's about it so I mean again this big game again for them this weekend against the Warriors a must win game Rabbitohs Knights Eels they're all winnable but then the Bulldogs, Storm Raiders and Panthers to end. So short term, it may work out, but longer term, he may be shut down for the year as well. Finally, let's look at the Melbourne Storm. I know another guy we talked about earlier, Cameron Munster, a lot of buzz around him getting him potentially to play this weekend, but he hasn't been named. Again, absolutely no information. We're trying to sort of um, to, to basically hypothesise what's going on here, but this will now be if he doesn't end up being a late inclusion four weeks out with this ankle injury um, do we start to worry about needing to move on from him just purely because if he's week to week he could just keep not being quite right well it sounds like he thought he was almost ready to go and the, and the physio was sort of played it conservatively and um, talked him into not playing so it, it, you know it, it could be that you know it's one more week and then he's back but then um <laughs> the pattern might repeat itself, you know, so then they say, oh, well, one more week off again. Um, usually if the player's saying they're feeling pretty good, then they're usually a pretty good judge of themselves. What is the case there? I mean, a lot more damage. I know we sort of talked about, you know, the buzzword syndesmosis, and most of them aren't. Is that something that could be considered a lot more damage or is it a break that, that they're worried about? Is it, or, you know, is it just too too hard to say? I would doubt that if you're talking about a, I'm assuming this is from a, um, a typical ankle sprain, so lateral ligaments get injured. Um, I'd say the concern is that the, you go over it again and you just sort of re-injure the same ligaments and start the process from zero again. So then you'd be looking another six to eight weeks and yeah. sometimes it'll be more if you do it for the second time. It's a, a longer rehab the second time around. Not uh, strengthening uh, it um, enough before coming back. Well, just the timing of the, the ligament healing, if the remodelling hasn't quite done what it needs to do, then um, and it, it gets injured again, and you've got a, a longer window, window of time for it to settle down again. And, and typically the rehab staff are going to be more conservative if it's, if it's a re-injury. Yeah, and I've got to say, I know about that from my playing days many years ago where four to six weeks turned into ten, so that wasn't much fun that year. <laughs> Um, Jordan McLean, I know it happened the week before, but the information only coming out about it after our podcast as well, um, out for up 
probably six weeks on the sideline with a grade two ankle sprain. So again, that ankle. But I guess we're supercoach-wise looking more at who takes his place because Felice Kafusi gets his shot. We've got guys like Christian Welsh and Matt White on the bench. Be interesting to see there. Um, we might follow that up in a couple of weeks if one guy stands out and we're really looking at, at someone for the run home as a cheapie or a money maker and, and when McLean gets back. But perhaps... Um, it's time to let you go because we've got through a lot of info there and uh, we'll talk to you next week post-Origin. All right, no worries, mate. It's a pleasure. See you. And, of course, you can go to uh, Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care on the website, www.coogeebay.physio or call 02 And if you go to our website, www.supercoachpros.com, you can book online for a 20% discount as a Supercoach Pros listener. Highly recommend it. And Pat, um, just like his advice, he's brilliant in the uh, physio room as well. That's Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. And Ryan, I'll throw it to you about, I guess, Rad Radra and, and Trebrovic. Um Especially knowing that information, is, is Rad Radra a trade-out, as Dale's asking? Um, look, I would think so. Um with so few rounds left uh, and the fact that, you know, it could be long-term, even if he makes it back in three, is that too long to be out to, you know, to carry him for that long? Well, yeah, he's so, not, not going to be back in three. I mean, Pat's saying, you know, four, he's not going to be back in four. Like, round 23 is the absolute earliest, and even then he thinks it's a, you know, it's not much of a, of a hope. Yeah. Look, it's the... He has to go, I think. Um, I don't think you can afford to hold him for that long, considering the amount of money that you'd be sitting on there where you can um, possibly um, fill two spots on your roster if you need some help in that manner. So I, it, I think there's a definite sell. Is Javorovic the guy you bring in, or is it too risky because Manly are on the precipice of being out of, out of contention? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, obviously, great player. Um, but for that reason that you just mentioned, um, not quite sure if that's the right way to go. Um, perhaps um, a guy who looks like he's coming into form um, in Jack White or someone like that. Yeah, very much so. i tell you what, the Cowboys, he's got a great record against them and we've seen it a bit this year. Um, teams, you know, that, that like playing against certain other clubs um, coming through in a big way, super coach wise Pete, Trevorovic at fullback with no Brett Stewart for the remainder of the year. Obviously, it's a big uptick for him super coach wise Is that enough to sway you in his favour? I mean, you know, even on a, on a, in a game a couple of weeks ago where he had that dodgy ankle, he put up 70 super coach points. Yeah, I was, um, I was quite surprised, uh, first of all, with his super coach points that night and the fact that he played the next week because <laughs> he just looked like he was playing, playing injured. And I thought, gee, you know, how long are they going to? Uh, risk this bloke, but um, yeah, he played well the other night against the Dragons, uh, much to my um, disappointment, but um, no, honestly, I think he is too risky um, with this ankle. It could go at any time, and as I said, if Manly lose another couple, uh, which is on the cards, then you know they're basically out of finals contention now, and they're, you know, he could, you know, they might say, oh, listen, it's not worth your while, come back for a couple of weeks, similar to Sammy, just, you know, say, you know, have a break and come back better next year. So, you know, I think uh, what what Ryan said there is right on the money. Someone like a Jack White would be very good value. Um, someone just coming into form now, maybe Matt Moylan might be. At least he's a solid player every week. He also looking a bit, uh, you've got Lachlan Coote. There's plenty of good full, other fullback alternatives around. Yeah, James Tedesco playing tomorrow night. Of course, Ben Barb has been in, in, in good form. And, and obviously, if you're looking at it, um, you know, the dual position players, centre and winger. I mean, Brett Morris is there too. Josh Mansour, only centre and winger, but, you know, Jordan Rapana's a dual position. Um, Leilua. You know, these are all guys predicted to yeah, do better than, better than Trebovic, according to the predictor. And then just below him, Matt Moylan, Jared Croker, Will Hopawadi. Uh, although Hopawadi, you know, doesn't take into account the um, Sunday games. I'm not sure how many of them are left. But there are a few other options out there. Let's look at the um, round 18 wrap now. Of course, just the four games for round 18. Josh Reynolds, we knew it was a great matchup. 108 points, big one for him. Ben Barber, also 108, which suggested, Ryan, that he had to step up for Cronulla. Um, did he what? 
I mean, 13 now in a row, Penrith in the doldrums, probably gone for the year. And this man, Ben Barber, just, he killed him almost single-handedly. Yeah, he was, he was really good. Like, uh, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, daily and winning year good, but um, but very, very good. And he led the Sharks, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, it's getting close. He, yeah, exactly right. Um, he's he's fast. He's backing himself. I mean, towards the end of the game, he he took on most of the Penrith team on the outside, and nearly made it through, and he got pushed into touch um, when the game was done and dusted anyway. <laughs> so that gives you the idea of the confidence he's playing with at the moment. Yeah, Jack White and another fullback there with ninety eight points there for the Raiders, as we talked brushed about him on just earlier. Brett Morris. Um, Remaining out on the wing at the moment. Could play fullback, I guess. But I think we'll see him on the wing mostly for the rest of the year. 93. And Latrell Mitchell, yet another fullback. 88 for the Roosters. Pete, he's an exciting guy. I mean, we've talked about him enough on the show um, as the years progressed. But there's no limit at the moment to what he could do down the road. He's a future star. Now, listen, the first when I first saw him play at the beginning of this year, um, there was... Commentators, you know, came up and said, "Oh, he's he's a new Greg Inglis," and I thought, "Oh, well, we'll, we'll give him time." I thought he looked impressive, but he's credit to him. This bloke has played every game uh, from his debut game this year, and has been consistent on the field and consistent with Super Coach. He's been particularly great in attack. Like he's got great hands, great great, great footwork. Um, he was caught out a little bit on Friday night with positional play as, as fullback. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there next year when Michael Gordon goes to goes to uh, the Roosters from Parramatta. But, yeah, as he goes on, he's just going to get better and better. And he, he is a future star, and I hope, he, you know, I hope his star continues to rise. It's great to watch from a, a mutual fan's point of view. Yeah, Aiden Caesar, 86 points for the Raiders. He's pretty much becoming that dominant playmaker. Not great news if you own Lalea or Rapana because they're obviously on the other side of the field to Caesar. Caesar plays it on the left side. Um, Isaiah, yeah, I hope that you listen to Pete last week when he talked about Penrith players we all sort of said our favourite guys Merrin Cartwright and the like and he came up with Isaiah yeah 84 led the way for the Panthers did have a runaway try from a scrum probably helped boost his numbers but gee still one to keep an eye on especially if he keeps playing 80 minutes and Corey Norman that guy is in the news for all the wrong reasons well he had a pretty good game for Parramatta um, 82 super coach points there as well uh, speaking of Parramatta and we've got to talk about one uh, Jared Hayne not playing Fiji um, Sevens, Olympic Sevens, whatever you want to call it. Obviously not in the NFL anymore. And the word is, Todd Greenberg's allowed, you know, opened up the door. The word is he's going to be back with Parramatta before the season's out. Now, if they win a couple more games and they're still in contention, um, and, he, and he's allowed to come back on their books, I don't know how that could happen. A team that's cheated the salary cap could be not only allowed to compete for the finals, but have a star player return for them in that year, but Ryan, uh, I guess it's the NRL, so it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Supercoach-wise, what do we make of it? I mean, is he a guy to bring in uh, if this happens? depends on price, but of course. Um, You'd be silly not to have a look at him. Um, Especially given the fact that we talked about uh, Semi's injury Earlier, um, you'd imagine that would Jared Hayne just slot in on the wing to start with, or would he go straight to fullback? And would Gordon go to the wing? Uh, you know, they've got enough uh, players there to you know shift the um, shift the deck chairs. Mm. So they just um, look. If it happens, then he's a you've got to have a look. His price will probably be pretty expensive, but I reckon that. Yeah, look, the guy is quite clearly an athletic freak, so he's going to go okay regardless. Pete, what do you make it of all? I mean, it's a pretty much a complete circus, but again, you know, if we've got a <laughs> super catch finals on the line and he comes in and goes gangbusters, I guess you've got to consider him. If someone wrote a book about a, a rugby league season and put it all the drums that Parramatta had, you'd think it was fiction, wouldn't you? Like, really? <laughs> But, uh, and this is just the latest chapter with the possibility of Hayne coming back. I've got, I'm, like, I don't doubt his, his athletic ability. Um, what we've seen from him on the field, um, I'm, I'm not an NFL fan, so I didn't see a lot of that. But uh, 
what I saw as a rugby league player, some of it was absolute genius. I still remember the uh, 2009, but that is, you know, that's a fair while ago now. And I wonder how long it would take him to get back into into shape uh, for for first grade rugby league again. I'm I'm not really sure what what shape he's in at the moment. I assume pretty good. We just did mention not five minutes ago of all the other fullback options that are in this um, yeah. competition. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I would have James Tedesco any day over Jared Hayne at any price um, in terms of super coach. I, it's a risk. Like if you're if you're trying to catch up and if you've got the spec cash, then try and get Jared Hayne. But if you're in a consolidatory type position, I, I think I would stick to what I know personally. I, I wish him all the best, and I, I, I honestly, like you said. I don't know how they're going to get him in under the salary cap if they do. Um, I would want an explanation of that. The good thing is, however, the ex-salary uh, cap auditor, Ian Schubert, is overlooking everything that Parramatta is doing at the moment. So he should be all over it. So if they, they've got the green light, then it must be okay. Mm, well, I must be more cynical than you, Ian Schubert, the guy that had to be tipped off about the Melbourne Storms activities when he was in charge. That was his only claim to fame. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> Look, let's go back to Supercoach for a minute. It was two years ago. It was under a, you know, we didn't see as many Supercoach points given because of all the new categories that came in last year. The salaries were lower. He started the year at 290000 He ended it at 424000 So you can basically add another 100000 on that for what he's worth. So he's probably going to come in around that $500,000 mark, you'd think. Anything less than that is probably a bonus for you. His final games um, after Origin were 57 in round 19, 117 in round 20, 104 in round 21, 116 in round 22, 100 in round 23, 110 in round 24, God forbid, a 39 in round 25, you'd be spewing, eh? And then back to 99 in round 26. And this is under the old point structure where, wow. you know, ineffective wow. offloads only, no forced dropouts, Perfect. no chips and chases. So there's your evidence. We've got a poll on Twitter, at Supercoach Pros. If you haven't already voted, have a look at that. It's a, it's a new endeavour that we've sort of embarked on for, for this week. It's all regarding whether you bring in Jared Hayne or not. Um, let's keep moving along because, of course, we've got uh, uh, Origin game to talk about. I know it's the uh, you know inverted commas dead rubber, but look, it's not. I mean, you know, all these talk about they shouldn't play dead rubbers, but I mean they play Ashes series through to the end. I don't see the difference. The two teams are going to line up again in less than twelve months, so it's not like you can't get something out of it. And from our perspective, we get more out of it. We go, we go to fan sports and we play those uh, games, the Origin games. You, you know, win some money, have some fun. Um, guys, looking down the list, interesting speculation on, on the newbies. You know, James Tedesco, the main one, Gavin Cooper there as well. Um, looking at sort of value, um, guys like Cooper Cronk's good value, um, you know, whether Matt Moylan starts or not, I guess that's a risk of taking. David Clemmer and Andrew Fafita could be could be decent value based upon, you know, various stats from their club team this year. If you're looking at looking at that upside, guys like Tedesco and Oates and Boyd definitely have got that upside. Um, Ryan, you know, are there anyone that you're targeting in particular? Well look, I just um when you know you measure up um Position versus position. Um, so you've got Cam Smith versus Robbie Farrah. Cam Smith, um, his average is two more over the two games than Farrah, but he costs a bit more. Mm. And so there's a, you know, it's the points, yeah, look, normally winning or losing comes down to one or two points. But with that with that extra money, could you, have, you know, grab someone else? Um as you, as you go down the list, the other guy I was looking at, like James Tedesco comes in at 12,000 uh, versus Darius Boyd at um, 9,600. Yeah, there's a lot of money to play with in between those two. Yeah, and he's averaging more in the two Origin games than his club average. Exactly, like he's going quite well um, being on the end of that um, Queensland attack. So it's... um. It's interesting, those little things where, because especially in a game like this where you know that there's a set 17 players that are going to play for each side and, you know, I I guess position versus position 
that's probably your best way to um, go about it because there is some bargains in there, but there's also some absolute duds. I like to have two or three teams and then those tiebreakers, the guys like Thurston or Cronk, you know, Smith or Farrah, you can kind of take one with each because if one of them have a bumper game and you're stuck with the other one, you're pretty much you're going to be out of yeah. all of yours and yep. just regardless of who you've got. I mean, it happened with Dane Gagai in the last game. Um, you know, you wanted to have him at least in, in a couple of lineups. Obviously, you wanted him at all if you could, but, you know, if you're sort of looking at those guys. Pete, is there one or two standouts? I mean, how do you think the game's going to go? Can the Blues can the Blues get claw one back? Um, I'd like to say yes, um, but the um, the uh, positive positivity has been drummed out of me in recent years, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and this series, I was disappointed. Like, we lost... Uh, New South Wales lost the first game by two points in Sydney. And I thought actually played pretty well up in, in Brisbane, to be quite honest. I thought at least we had back line actually saw the ball and, and actually posed a threat to Queensland at different times. Just a couple of little touches here and there might have made all the difference. But, hey, how many times we hear that. I think it's going to be a tight game again, like the first one in Sydney. Um, it's Remember, it is the middle of winter. It's a night game. Um, it's probably because of Channel 9's. Um, control of the game. It's not going to start until about 20 past eight. Um, and once again, with a 20 minute half time break. Um, so it's going to be later. It's going to be dewy. It's not going to have the, you know, it's not going to be a fast one. It's, unfortunately, outside backs aren't going to maybe see as much of the ball as, as we would like. And that's why I'd maybe more lean towards the forwards in this one. And I'm thinking about um, Tyson Frizzell played extremely well in the second game. Yeah. He's ten thousand six hundred, and I think he's he's pretty good value um, of the of the New South Wales players there, particularly. Yeah, I um, think him and if Jack. I Bird. think he's just going to be more involved than a few others. Yeah, if Jack Bird gets enough game time, I think they're the Blues guys to target with your Queensland regulars. I think. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, there you can you can find all that www.fansports.com.au and uh, get on there and, and have a play. This is a Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. You can find us each and every week on the web. iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, just go to www.supercoachpros.com to download the shows. We've got all the archives there as well. And, of course, it's not the only thing we've got on the website because we've got got the all-important game recaps. You can find Round 18s up online now. And the previews now, this week's previews will be up there tomorrow from when we're recording this. But of course, by the time you listen to it, it might already be there as well. Definitely worth um, a read because you can get that all-important information. Um, guys, we've got to have a look now at the price predictors. And young Joseph Manu from the Roosters uh, as the biggest potential price rise now. He's been named. Whether he ends up playing or not, we're not so sure. But he's definitely won... Um, the, you know, one of the few left that you can bring in at that cheapy bargain price and you might get a bit of money out of him before the year's over. Mitch Barnett isn't at the cheapest price, but he is due to get a price rise. So if you've got extra trades there, um, certainly worth um, bringing in. Um, Marika Korobiti, great matchup coming up against the Knights, already due to get a nice price rise, so he could be a good one to bring in. Nathan Cleary. For the Panthers, he's continuing to rise. Hopefully you own him. You should continue to hold him, even though he was a bit down last week. It was always going to be a hard matchup against Cronulla. should be a little bit easier against the Eels. Josh Mansour also due for a price rise. Um, we're looking at uh, Peter Mataudia. Had a good game for the Knights last start, uh, although it won't be easy against the Storm. He might claw some back. Bevan French, look... If you own him, it was a terrible day for him last week. He almost got that try, but the other guy we talked about earlier, Manu, brought him down. Um, that probably cost you some, some points. He's still due to have one more price rise, so you can hold on to him in this buy round where you, you can't choose from team, players from four teams with safety and then probably get rid of him next week. Um, other interesting guys in there, guys like Chad Townsend, Ewan Aitken, Suolesi Vunivalu, um, Mitchell Pierce, James Roberts, but the upsides are getting less and less as we get closer to the end of the year. The downsides are getting bigger. Darius Boyd predicted to lose 40,000. He's certainly lost a bit of luster from uh, recent, um, earlier in the year, going back down to his average. Semi Rajraja, we talked about at the beginning of the show in the injury report. 
Well, he's due to lose 38,000. Obviously, he's not playing this weekend, but that gives you an idea. Next game, regardless, he's going to lose money. So um, if you took a punt on Zach Hardiker, whoops, uh, due to lose 36. Um, Jake Jabrovich has been in good form, but due to lose 32,000. If you're wanting, if you're looking for an upgrade on him, you might want to make that move. This week, his brother Tom, I know we talked about him in great detail, but he's due to lose 30,000 this week. So that could be uh, a tie against bringing him in, at least for this week. Um, Michael Ennis is also on that list as Jake Friend. Um, and Tyrone Peachy, well, he didn't even get named last week, and he's named on the bench this week, so that's not so good. And a couple of interesting ones, Ryan, um, on the list, not to lose as much, but Fafida and Gallon. Now, these are two guys you're probably targeting to bring into your lineup at some point, but this gives you the opportunity to wait a week or, or two and maybe get them at a better price. Yeah, it does. It's just going to be one of those things where, you, you, well, if you're interested, if you're still interested at this time of year, then you're obviously going okay. So you will need to make these to make those kind of changes to chase those those bigger scoring, um, higher priced studs. You so, probably want Gallon, yeah. Fafita, and Parker. You probably want at least two of those three. Yeah, you definitely. may not own any of them at the moment because of the way Origin and fell on the buys and that. Exactly, it's difficult if you don't have. Yeah, if you don't have any of them, then you've got to, yeah, got to, now's the time to start burning your trades. Mm. Maybe it's the Sharks players last. If you can get them a bit cheaper, it might help you out in the long run. Let's move on to the round uh, nineteen preview. Um, start with the Friday night game: Dragons v the Titans. Um, Tyson Frizzell's been moved to prop with Lisa Naumau going to the bench. That means Jacob Host is still in the starting lineup at right edge. Tim Laffey's been dropped, so Kurt Mann returns in the centres. For the Titans, David Mead's back at fullback. Conrad Harrell. Harrell's back in the centres, and, and um, Ashley Taylor's back at halfback. So Chris McQueen moves to the second row. Ignatius passes back to the bench. Nathan Friend joins him there, as does Eddie Pettiborn. Obviously, Kane Lawton out with that season-ending injury. Cameron Cullen, Lachlan Burr also make way, as do Nathaniel Peteru and Robert Simpkins, who go to 18th and 19th man, respectively. Aitken and Rain, uh, Mitch Rain getting the nice upgrades here. Ryan James, definitely best for the Titans. Greg Bird could be an interesting upside choice, considering he didn't um, get picked for Origin, might have something to prove. Pete, both teams really need to win this. I got a feeling the way the coaches play it and everything, it's going to be an arm wrestle, not necessarily what we want to see super coach wise. Yeah, I I agree. Um, well, the Dragons' biggest winning margin this year has only been twelve points, and that was against yeah. Newcastle. And the highest score they've achieved this year was thirty points, which was also against Newcastle. Mm. Um, so no, I I don't see it as being a particularly high scoring game. Uh, the Dragons beat them up there at the Gold Coast this year, nineteen fourteen. I wouldn't expect the scores to be any bigger than that. Once again, it's a night game, and that's going to drag it down a little bit more. For mine, the, I think the Titans will probably win it, actually. Um, I just don't see enough point-scoring potential from, from the Dragons at all. You might get, a, a, once again, a low-scoring game. I've, I'm looking forward to really seeing how Ashley Taylor goes. Uh, but as you said, he and uh, Conrad Hurrell and a couple of the others there, Ryan James, uh, I think will be the, the dominant one super coach-wise. So you can't really see... A hell of a lot of others there that are that are really going to um, do it to get some big points. The, uh, the only other one is um, Mike Cooper may be back for the Dragons. That's a whisper um, for this Friday night. I reckon he was originally targeted to come back from his back injury, so he might um, score a few. He was previously very consistent, but you know we've mentioned the Dragons boards often. Of course, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Mitch Rain at Hooker will you know make his usual forty tackles or so. Yeah, a good uh, record hookers against the Gold Coast for the last two years, I think. So Mitch Rain, you know, he's one of those guys who can go large a couple of times a year. That could be one of them. Um, interesting, too, with Cooper because, of course, if Frizzell's moved to prop, I don't know how he where he fits, probably off the bench, unless Frizzell has a knock during origin and can't take the field at all. Um, Seagulls feed the Warriors. Uh, um, it's going to be Matthew Wright and Lewis Brown in the centres because there's no Dylan Walker or Braden Williami, both out injured. Bradley Parker debuts on the wing. 
CSSA Vave is back on the bench with Luke Burgess moving to 18th man for the Warriors. They get back Ryan Hoffman and Manu Vadavai, two begins. Charlie Gubb back to the bench, same with Tuma Lola Lola here. And uh, that means James Gabo becomes 18th man. Look, the two Dubrovichs are, are, are usually the best in R again, but they get downgrades here. Jamie Bure is the one with the big up tech, ticket at right edge. That's an interesting one to watch. And fullbacks have gone well against Manly. So we expect if David Fisatua has been named there, um, should go very well. But maybe Lola here ends up there. Um, it was interesting he's been gone, he's been moved to the bench. He could be worth a shot, especially in daily leagues. Bodine Thompson, Sean Johnson get significant downgrades, but probably still worth starting, Ryan. This is really the acid test for the Warriors. We've talked about him a few weeks ago about bringing in guys like Thompson. If you did so, you've done really well um, with him. But this one's the one where we're really going to get a gauge of if they're going to keep it going or, like every other year, they're going to start dropping off. Um, good luck. You can predict it because I don't... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that one. <laughs> um, look, judging... Look, you've mentioned Trebojevic, um brothers. They're both... Um, I think they're both gold for Manly at the moment, um, regardless of how the game will go. Um and you've also mentioned Thompson, and I know we mention them every week, but Hoffman and Mannering as well. Quite good. Interesting enough, Ben Madalino was back starting. We, he was off the bench for yeah, a fair while. I think, unless, it, unless he changes it again last minute. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. So that could be something to look at because he's been scoring quite well off the bench. be interesting if he gets more minutes or less minutes and see how that affects him. So that could be a, a touch-and-go kind of situation. Um, look, Sean Johnson is allegedly playing a little bit injured, so he may he may not be as potent. Um, but for the Warriors, I, I think the back line, at least from Fusatua through to um, Vatavai, I think they're going to have a pretty decent time. Um, the centres especially up against um, Matthew Wright and Lewis Brown, I, I think they may find um, a bit of a weakness there. Looks at on paper, Manly have a great record against the Warriors, um, and they seem to hit form. Um, you know, two weeks ago now, so it will be interesting. Rabbitohs beat the Broncos the other Saturday night game for this week. Uh, George Burgess is back on the bench. There's an extended bench with Jack Goshevsky, Aaron Crichton, or Crichton, and Ed Mur- Murphy on um, that uh, seven-man bench. Jordan Kahu comes into the lineup for the Broncos. Lachlan Maranta makes uh, way. No Jaden Sewer either as Sam Tide returns. Watch for late changes if Origin affects um, the relevant Broncos players. Marion Sevi and Joe Boyce have been named on an extended bench. Uh, Sam Burgess is the best here despite a downgrade. Cody Walker gets a significant downtick, so if you've held him all that way... Um, you might be thinking to move on or, or maybe hold him just one more week, but I think the, the money's starting to, to go down there. Anthony Milford, on the other hand, gets a massive uptick, thinking the Broncos might return to form here, so guys like Corey Oates, Ben Hunt could be worth a punt. Pete, the Broncos have to win this. They've been in a slump. The Rabbitohs, and, you know, they've also been down the dumps but well, pretty much all year. Uh, could it get a really ugly really fast if Brisbane have a few points to prove? It's um, a really, once again, you, you said to Ryan, oh, good luck predicting the previous one. Um, and I, I think I'm in a slightly similar boat with this one. <laughs> the the Rabbitohs have, um, have not, as you said, have been pretty bad all year. I, a few weeks ago against the West Tigers, I really expected them to, to play well and, and get a win. And, uh, and you know, it just didn't happen. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there. There's something not right, but... There's too many good players there who are out of form. There's just something not right. Uh, we've said about Carter Sam was Burgess. let go um, just today, as we suspected might happen. Too many. Sorry, off- who was let go? Paul, today? Paul Carter. Too many off-field industry discretions. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, that's been coming for a few weeks. So hopefully, for them, it might put an end to some of the uh, some of the problems there. Uh, as we said, Sam Burgess has been really consistent, though, super coach-wise. Uh, um, Adam Reynolds, it would be interesting to see whether he plays. He wasn't well enough to play, play Origin. Uh, Inglis and, and Johnson would be the guys for mine that you'd expect score some big, uh, score some big uh, super coach points. 
there for the Broncos, geez, I don't know what's going on there either. Um, Milford, is, as you said, is expected to do so well, but um, I've been expecting him to do well for the last few weeks. Like, not to score massive points against Melbourne or a previous, couple of other previous games, but at least to get reasonably in it. It just hasn't happened. Ben Hunt's just, I don't know, seemed to have hit the wall a bit there. Maybe they've missed Thido. He is back. Um, so that will, will help. Uh, you'd be looking at players like maybe like James Roberts uh, to score a few points and, and Oates, of course, their origin specialist there. And, and of course, Mr. Consistent, uh, Gillette and Corey Parker. Yeah, I've got a feeling the Broncos, um, we see the best out of them this week. I think now leading home with origin behind them will be a lot easier for them. The Knights be the storm. Jared Mullen returns. Uh, Jack Cogger will uh, drop back um, into either New South Wales Cup or the under-20s there. Siona Matautia is remaining in the back row. Paulie Paulie and Pat Matautia are named 18th and 19th, uh, 19th men. Blake Green's back for the Storm. Tahu Harris goes into the back row. Felice Kafusi's into prop for the injured Jordan McLean. Uh, Matt White on the bench. Um, look, Robbie Rocker and Mitch Barnett are best, but there's not a lot of upside there. Alternatively, massive upside for the likes of Vinivalo, Corabidi. If Cameron Munster does become a late inclusion, definitely. Um, th- this matchup's a little bit of a concern, but Ryan, there's an origin hangover. The fact that the Knights always play tough against the Storm and they're back at home. They were pretty good at down in Canberra two weeks ago, their last start. Is there the remotest of remote chances there's some sort of mammoth upset? I mean, it's happened before, these two teams. Look, it has happened before. Um, I'm not brave enough to say it's going to happen this time, but I do <laughs> think that it's not going to be a blowout. Um, yes. So those huge upsides... Um, for the likes of Dunavalu. Um and I assume Corabidi is as well to a um, to a degree uh, may not be as um, may not be as large as as first thought. Um, it really just depends on the start. I think um, if Melbourne get away early, then I don't think you're going to be they're going to be able to um, rein them in. But if they keep it, if New, Newcastle keep it. Um, tight, then I think it's just going to be a pretty much a grinding game Back and where Melbourne are going to want to you know, waste too much, expend too much energy. Um, We've seen it too many times with these two teams, that sort of funny back and forth where the Storm just can't get rid of them like one of those flies on a hot summer's day just doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah. Mm. Penrith v. the Eels, Moylan and Mansoor are back for um, Dylan Edwards and Will Smith, although they have gone onto an extended bench. Zach Hardaker keeps his spot, but he'll move to the centres. Tyrone Peachy still out of favour, but he is on the bench. Uh, Akiola going to 20th man. Yeah, talk about extended cover. Um, for the Eels, Jennings and Takarangi are the new centres with Clint Gutherson on the wing for Semi Radradra. Uh, Manu Mau goes back into the back row. Edwards back to the bench, and Rory O'Brien becomes 18th man. Pete Penrith... Um, they didn't look so crash hard against a depleted Sharks outfit. Um, can the Eels keep their faint dream of finals alive? And who do you trust supercoach-wise, especially now Rod Radra is no longer there? It was hard to say what, what uh, was wrong with Penrith the other day, whether they just thought they were going to have to turn up against a Cronulla team that didn't uh, have five regular players and they thought they were just going to win it. Well, whether Moylan is more crucial to, the, to Penrith than we realised... But, um, yeah, no, they were not good at all. And, uh, yeah, Hardacre did not have a great uh, NRL debut at fullback, so maybe he might go a little bit better at centre. He did want to. But um, they'll be looking forward to having Moylan, Moylan and, and Mansell back, that's for sure. Uh, in terms of... Oh, I was glad to see, as you said, my prediction of, of Ozzy uh, going very well uh, last week, and I think you'll follow that on. Merrin has been, um, I think, overlooked for Origin this year, and I think he's been very good for them also. Uh, for, for Parramatta, um, like last week, Corey Norman, I know, as you said, he's been in the news for the wrong reason, scored 80-odd points super coach-wise and, and, you know, was instrumental in all of Parramatta's tries and saved one right at the end, saved the game. So if, if Parramatta follow him uh, on the field, I should say, um, they'll, I think they'll beat uh, Penrith uh, quite convincingly. And, yeah, blokes like... Uh, Jennings, uh, Gutherson, 
and uh, and Bevan French, as you said, I think he'll um, he won't quite have the he may not have the, an absolute giant and a leaper in uh, as he had last week two par against him. So hopefully he'll do a bit better this week. Um, and yeah, I, I was really impressed with the Parramatta forwards last last week. As I said, Marawa and Martu in particular, was a yeah. good example. They had to step it up, didn't they? Uh, Terrapo, Avaro, you know. Yeah, these so-called no names. Um, yeah. Should mention Trent Merrin is is the best there with Nathan Cleary a small uptick. Corey Norman a big upgrade, as does Brad Takarangi and Michael Gordon. So some interesting choices um, to to consider there. And finally, the Monday night game: Roosters v the Sharks. Uh, Blake Ferguson and Aidan Guerra not named. Of course, they could be late inclusions. Ryan Madison comes in for Jackson Hastings. Boyd Cordner swapping with Isaac Liu. Um, so Cordner starting Liu on the bench. Sio Sua Takiaho goes to lock. For the Sharks, Maloney's in for Far Manu Brown. Jack Bird for Mitch Brown. Wade Graham for Jason Bakuya. Gallon and Fafita in for Hyington and Pryor. Bakuya, Hyington, Pryor will take the bench spots of impressive Kurt Capewell, Jesse Senny, Lefeo and Matt Mickelrick. Um, Mitchell Pierce is the best for the Roosters, but there is a downtick there. The Sharks, as we saw last week, they just stifle teams even without their best players. Gallon and Fafita are the best for Cronulla. Ben Barber, um, uh, uh, Valentine Holmes and Chad Townsend are the ones that get the big upgrades, however, so they may exceed um, those forwards. Ryan, uh, you, I guess most guys would have loaded up on Sharks players already. The only danger would be um, their coach playing against starting to rest players for the finals. This team's already booked a spot for the business time of the year. How do you make uh, this game going? Yeah, look, I think that the Sharks will um, do this one pretty comfortably. Look, the Roosters haven't been playing bad, certainly, in the last um, little while, but um, they're up against a team that is just um, at the moment, I, I actually believe that they believe they cannot be beaten um, at the moment, and at the moment, it's pretty correct. Um, look, it's going to be tough uh, to see where the points are going to come from from the Roosters' side. Maybe um, Latrell Mitchell, uh, but it, it's tough because the Sharks are just so, um, as you said before, they just stifle um, the attack of the opposition teams. Um, as for uh, resting players, I'm not sure if that's going to happen a hell of a lot um, because it seems like everyone wants to play. You saw it last week with um, all the um, all the guys who are coming in as replacements yeah. um, played great They're hungry, and just they? everyone wanted to play. Everyone wants to be there. It's a great place to be around at the moment. So. See, you see a guy like Ennis and the amount of times you've seen them have games in hand, the game is in hand and you think, oh, it'll go off, take the last five minutes off, they've still got a couple of subs left and he stays on. And yeah, no, 100%. It's the, the guys just want to be there. There's a good feeling, obviously, everyone's feeling quite confident as they should and so whether or not that happens, I don't know. There might be a game here or there but I think it might only be one person, one player um, a week as opposed to like, oh, we'll give these three guys a break and, you know, and we'll go from there. It, it's hard, but I think for this game especially, you can't go past the Sharks and I think that the back line is going to have a pretty good day. Valentine Holmes could hit back in a large way. He's been a bit quieter late. He's due to lose a bit of money again. He might be able to turn it around. Um, let's go on to the tweets. And, of course, you can follow us at Supercoach Pros. Do the poll there. And I should say, you know, just how lucky and thankful we are for, you know, the tweets that get sent in each and every week. And, and you know, there's no show, basically. Or, the, or the, You know, Ryan, I think you and I did do, a, a you know, the West Tigers show many years ago. And, and so we're always going to be here. We don't, you know, we don't get paid for this. We do it out of love you know, and sort of the vain hope that one day that, you know, fantasy sports, much like in America now, is, is get, get put on that radar. But until then, this is what, what we do, and we, we can't really do it without you guys. And we're just, you know, the, the so-called medium where everyone's, you know, a hater or whatever, we, there's nothing but sort of happiness and, and, you know, just mutual sort of respect and all that that we we get from you guys so we just want to say thanks and do the shout out to everyone i think it's the right time of year you know middle of winter and all the rest of it that we just gotta 
say thank you and and you know we're very grateful and and one of the guys who read out his tweet earlier in the show regarding injuries but Dale also wanted Dale and Ninja also wanted to know um, with Cole Felt likely banned for up to five weeks who's going to replace him could it be Jarvid Bowen um, Peter I guess I'll start with you on that one um, we've got Tautai Moga a guy we all liked at the start of the year but coming off you know some pretty bad injuries he could be there. Um, Bowen could be there. Both of them would probably move a guy like O'Neill onto the wing if it happened, or maybe they're, you know, they're, they're searching a, a specialist winger. They've got a couple of those guys in the ranks too. I mean, we saw in the nines Gideon Mosby, you know, look looked the part, and we haven't seen since. Yeah, I um, I think that David Bowen would be the most likely option. He. Um, has played a few games already this year, and he looked all right actually. Um, um, he's got a. I was just looking at his at his stats here. Uh, his last five rounds, he's averaged fifty three point five, but it's not absolutely outstanding. Um, with a high of uh, seventy two and low of thirteen, but um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, Felt is only they say. He's, I don't know whether he's taken the early guilty plea, but if he does, I think he's just gone for three weeks. Mm. So it's not a huge amount of time. Still. Um, still long enough that you could make some money off someone. Absolutely. But no, I think um, a Java Bowen would be uh, be the replacement that we'd be looking for there. Absolutely. Ryan, is it a concern that last week when Linnett was a late inclusion that it wasn't Moga that made way? It was Bowen? Yeah, look, it might be. Um, it might be that um, Paul Green thought he was the better, the better player. Um, it might be because um, you know, you have the specialist centres uh, now, left and right side, and um, that's just the way it worked out. That um, Linnett came back, and and so um, Bowen made way because that was his spot, and that uh, you know the other centre spot was you know more for Moga. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there, um, because also you've got to factor in all the players. That are going to come back as well. Uh, so yeah, because I mean, I think it's a wait and see. But look, I mean, you know, you're trying to maybe you want to make the mood this week. Cowboys have the bye. Maybe you've just got to wait till next week when the teams are named. I mean, Lachlan Coote touched the ref, so he could be out for a week. You know, Jerome Hughes was really good in that one game he played. Does he get a shot at fullback, or does he even get to move to the wing potentially? We've seen converted fullbacks move to wing in various. Um, teams yes. this year, you know, and in last year. So there's a few unknowns there that we're kind of rolling up. But I guess if the question is, I've owned Jarvid Bowen, I've, I want to get rid of a player that's on the bye this week. Bowen's an obvious one because, he, you know, he probably won't play again this year. But oh, now there's two guys out for the Cowboys, throws a spanner in the works. It makes it a lot tougher because... You would think he was he would be the first guy on that rank, but uh, felt right winger. Maybe O'Neill switches from right centre to right winger. Maybe Moga just stays at right centre where he played on um, last night. Um, ben at Gold Coast Ben 06 asks, is it time to sell Ryan James to free up some cash? Petey's been awesome. He's in our top 10 um, for the last seven weeks. I think it is, or eight weeks, sorry. But... <laughs> At that cost, you could pick up a pretty damn good player and have some cash in reserve. Uh, what are you What are you thinking? Gee, that's a, that's a very tough one because I've, I've liked the recent form of Titan as well. As you said, James has been outstanding. Um, I don't know. Like I think I personally think if you're trying to win, I think that you you want to try and keep a bloke like this who's who is so consistent. Um, I put the scores in front of him, like a last three-round average of 87.7 and prior to that last five of 95.6. So, I, you know, I personally think that you've got to keep him as a quality player. Like, you know, you might want to have a look at the other options in your squad. Like we mentioned a couple of players who might be cheaper in other positions earlier in the show. So, I, I personally, I think I would be keeping Ryan James. Yeah, there is the, the choice where you could get a cheaper player uh, Cheaper prop than he, and have some cash left over. But gee, I don't, I don't know that it's worth the sacrifice. I, I would, I would be keeping him. It's a reasonable matchup this week. You've only got, you know, yep. 
six games to choose from. So there's a lot on the line um, if you're going to trade him out this week rather than a guy that's maybe not playing. Um, on the flip side, you're not going to get better than what he's on now price-wise. You're going to take the hit. Now, if, you own, if you've got more than 10 trades, it may be worth it. Trade him out now, bring him back in a two or three weeks, you know, if things if things are still looking on the up for him or looking like decent averages, if things change where you've traded him out and got better money for him. for him, uh, Under 10 trades, Pete's right about keepers. You know, you've kind of got to hold on to them for the, for your Supercoach finals. Ryan, uh, does that make the most sense? I mean, I, I own Ryan James and I'm seriously thinking of trading him out purely because I want to make some money on on him. Yeah, I guess it just depends who you're going to bring in. Um, you know, playing playing them off against each other. Um, personally, I also have Ryan James, and I'm not going to sell him. It's it really does depend on who you're going to bring in. Um, if you've got, you know, if you've stocked up really nicely in that area and can afford to either in the second row or the front row to sell him and have another great replacement waiting there and then buy another uh, buy another stud somewhere within your team, then by all means, I think that's a pretty good effort. It's a pretty good um, option. But if you're just selling him to go, well, look, okay, I'm going to sell him, make some, make some money, but I'm not quite 100% sure on who I'm going to bring in yet, I'm just going to have a look around, then maybe I'd think twice about that. You've got to look at who you're bringing in and why you're bringing them in and, and what their situation is. So Paul Gallon's a nice target, but we know he's going to lose 20000 this week, where James is, is predicted to lose you know, r- roughly the same amount. So maybe a tiny bit more. So at the end of the day, even though Ryan James is coming off a high, you may not... You know, you may lose either way. So there's, is Bodine Thompson's the most obvious, but you hopefully you already went out and got it. Um, he's the one that's on the rise, and we think that after this week, or maybe even starting this week, that's that star's going to start fading. So a lot to consider. Um, but I think Ryan, you know, I think both Pete and Ryan have hit the nails on the head. That the key, the key is who you're going to bring in if you're going to get rid of it. The last tweet is from um, Happy Hour at Go underscore Zero. What is the four ideal halves to finish the season? Um, Pete, it is a good strategy, often in the past anyway, to go with four gun halves. Uh, maybe this year you only want the three. Um, but the, the super coach predictor says Bryce Cartwright, or you know, I guess he's been the halves now. He's officially a half, um, but certainly can play there super coach wise at five eight. 81.7, Moses M by 73.3, uh, Anthony Milford 72.9, and um, Sean Johnson. I mean, bypassing Nathan Cleary there because we don't have the, you know, enough information. Obviously, he's doing very well predictor wise, but um, you know, a smaller sample size. But Sean Johnson definitely 69.4. They're the averages per 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 game for those four, and you can fit them fit them all in. There with two five eights, there a dual position and a, and a halfback. Yeah, it's um yeah as you said that's the top group. Um, you'd have to have Thurston in there. Um, I was just having a quick look at someone who I thought might be he's he's sitting just outside that group, and that is um, Josh Reynolds. Um, he's three fifty two thousand seven hundred at the moment, and Canterbury are just starting to really warm up with their task just the last few weeks. So. He might be looking a little bit better uh, going forward as well, but the ones that you mentioned certainly would be, be right up there. It's a tough one, but, yeah, you've got to have Thurston in there. Um, your ones to, I know that I think you'd avoid, like a, a Ben Hunt I thought was going to be great guns early in the year, but just hasn't quite fired later this year. But, yeah, certainly the guys that you mentioned in there, as I said, along with Josh Reynolds, just as a bit of a smoky, I think, for me. Aiden Sees is an interesting one, isn't he, Ryan? Because Because yeah. he's... Um... They've got the matchup, the Raiders. You know, looking at the yeah. Supercoach finals. Took the words out of my mouth. Actually, I was I was basically going to say everyone that you guys had mentioned um, 
plus, you know, the outside chance of um, Caesar, who is starting to come good. The Raiders got a great draw, and the Raiders are starting to play um, very consistently, which only bodes well for his super coaching points. So, if you're a top four um, team, you know, in week round twenty three, week one of the finals, they've got the Storm. That's a tough matchup, but you've got a second chance draw. Then you've got Eels, Seagulls, Tigers to end. So Caesar could get mammoth points there. Yeah, exactly right. He's, if he's if he's in form and he's ripe enough to grab him, then um, yeah, there's there's it's scary to think that he, what he could do in the last in the last six rounds. All right, guys, that's a lot of information to get through. Uh, big show tonight. Thank you so much, and um, Origin tomorrow night, and then even more Supercoach from next week when the games, you know get back into earnest and, and, and the footy, the regular NRL becomes our primary focus across the rugby league uh, spectrum. Ryan, thank you very much. We'll chat to you next week. No problem at all. And Peter, thank you. Good luck for your boys on Friday night. We luckily have a bye. Yeah, I think that um, I think the Dragons will be up against it on Friday night, which will see. Yeah, looking for the origin again tomorrow night. Yeah, getting back to normal footy, as you say. And I am Paulie G. Andrew Moldog Molinaroli, expected back with us back next week. That's all now for the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Supercoach Pros. And give us a like on Facebook. And of course, subscribe on iTunes if you don't already to this podcast. www.supercoachpros.com. See you next week. Bye now.